You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Join now here on the flagship podcast by my good friend and longtime WBAP morning show radio voice in Dallas-Fort Worth, the voice of the TCU Horned Frogs, the one and only Brian Estridge. And Brian, it's always great to talk to you. I'm just so glad we're talking college football, baby. <laughs> Boy, aren't we all, man. I, there was a point, Chip, where I, I didn't know if it was going to happen. And, and then TCU's first game gets delayed, the SMU game, or gets postponed at least. And then, then you're thinking, is this ever going to happen? And then, you know, then we had an open day. And you're like, finally, you get to play last week. And, I, and up until that Friday, you know, you're still nervous. Is it going to happen? And, and it finally does. And I, I think America needed it. I, think, I know you and I needed it. But oh. I, I just think America needed it. Isn't that the truth, my man? Yeah. I mean, yeah. thank, thank the Lottie. And it was interesting listening to Gary. Gary Patterson, head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs, say this week that the Wednesday test, <laughs> I'm sure Gary gets a little anxious about each of the tests, the Wednesday test, the Friday test, but he said the Wednesday test kind of gets you because you, you're waiting for the results to come in because that's, that's the weekend. That's what they did after the game. And then, of course, the Friday test can throw a wrench into everything. But, but Brian, let's get into these Horn Frogs because they, they've beaten Texas five of the last six meetings. And it's kind of strange that, um, you know, TCU plays against Iowa State in Fort Worth. And kind of like Texas, they had they got a lot of stuff to, to clean up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess your initial impression of TCU in that uh, 37-34 loss at home to Iowa State. Let's let's start on defense, Chip, because I, I I still think, and you know me, I'm not. I, I try not to be a, a homer and and uh, I pump sunshine. I I just try to be truthful, and I still think it's got a chance to be a really good defense. I think they're fast. I think the back seven is as good as Gary Patterson has had yet. As you said, they give up 37 points to an Iowa State team that scored what 13 the week before against Louisiana. Uh, you, you had you had about three maybe four big breakdowns, mental breakdowns, uh, where guys were just in the wrong spot. And, and that resulted in big plays for Iowa State. You didn't have Terrell Cooper at defensive tackle, who I think is going to be really special. And so they, I think Iowa State did a nice job of taking advantage of that. I think Iowa State's better week two than they are week one. Most teams are. Uh, but so I think the defense is still going to be okay, even even sitting here saying that after they gave up big plays and 37 points to Iowa State. I, I just think they're going to be really good. You know, pro football, you know this, pro football focus has a, the DBs as the number one group in the country. Um, it, it, they didn't just forget that overnight or, you know, in the offseason forget how to play. So I, I still think they're going to be good. Offensively, uh, you know, candidly, TCU probably waited too late to put Max Duggan in. Uh, I, I know why Coach Patterson did it. He, t- he talked about the fact that, hey, the guy's not in game shape. We had to make sure, you know, that he, that he was ready to go. And I, and I, and I get that. I totally do. And, and support it. I just think that, you know, if, you, if Max Duggan's in there in the first half, things might be different. I think they've got some issues on that offensive line. It's a young group that's never played together. They give up seven sacks to Iowa State. Uh, so I think that's going to be a real concern, really, I think, all year long. But they've got some skill. 
they, they've got some guys on the, uh, on the outside that can really uh, flip the field. I mean, they're fast. They're going to get behind people, and they got four running backs. And Gary even talked about that in his presser this week. You know, you got four or five running backs. The problem is you got four or five running backs, uh, you know, and, and how do you get a rhythm with any of those guys? So I, I think the talent is there. I think the depth is there. I think there were some mental mistakes in that first game, and that's why he wanted to play in a, a non-conference game going in. So all of that being said, I think TC will be better this week than they were in week one. I think you'll see yeah. bigger. Yeah, and I've got a little list here of things I want to go over with yeah. you, and and I'll start with uh, with Terrell Cooper. Is he expected back this week? Yeah, yeah I think you're going to see Coop this week at defensive tackle, and and that's a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I know people go, oh well, you know, they play seven deep at times at uh, along the defensive line. Yeah, but there's a reason why guys are starters. And Terrell Cooper w- was that guy. And Sony Meese filled in for him last week. And, you know, there were times when he got overmatched by that Iowa State offensive line. And uh, Terrell Cooper is going to be a special, you know, a special player this year, I think, when he, when he is healthy. And so because of that, I, I think just having him back, not only does it help you from an athletic standpoint, and, but I think it also helps you, your, your team mentally because he had been there through it all. You know, he, he had been the guy that you had counted on going in, and then, you know, it was a, it was a late in camp injury that, uh, that took him out of the starting lineup. And I, and I think just having him back kind of calms things down. Talking to uh, the voice of TCU football, Brian Estrich. And, Brian, let's stay on the defense for a second. I, I can't remember. I've been covering Texas for 28 years, um, and Gary's been at TCU for 20. I can't remember a game where a team was able to run uh, for 32-yard, 49-yard, and right. and 75-yard touchdown runs. And, I mean, that's 156 yards of the 212 that TCU gave up on the ground. That's just not characteristic of a Gary Patterson defense. Was there something Iowa State was doing or or missed tackles? Uh-huh. What? I, I think it was, I think it candidly, it was mental mistakes. It was mental errors. I think it was missed assignments. You know, one of those that, that he even said was on Garrett Wallow, uh, you know, who, who's uh, going to potentially tackle in the big he's 12. All-American. Yeah. Lena, he comes, you know, he's got what, 214 career tackles. He was just in the wrong spot uh, and, uh, and, and, and didn't do his job. Now you go back and you look at it too. Those majority of those plays chip, this was a defense that was selling out too. Uh, you know, the, you had all 11 guys within three feet of the, uh, of the line of scrimmage. And so because of that, I think that, you know, that's what created some of the issues. And if one guy doesn't do his job, then it's off to the races. And that's what it was for, for Iowa state. So I, I think they were all correctable. Okay. I, I guess that's the best way to put it. I don't think there was anything schematically wrong. I don't necessarily think that it was anything, you know, from a talent standpoint wrong. I think they were just blown assignments that can be corrected. Yeah, because when you look at TCU's defense, they're strong up the middle. Mm-hmm. If you've got if you've got Terrell Cooper in there and and Corey Bethley, and then you got Garrett Wallow, and then you got those safeties, um, you know Trevon Mooring and and Van Zant, that TCU defense, which has given Texas fits, and I expect them to give give them fits again this weekend. I, I think and Gary's breathing fire on him right now as we speak. Okay. So, yeah. you know, they're going to be sharp, uh, kind of like Texas Tech. Texas Tech didn't look good against Houston Baptist. I think Texas thought they were going to have the free run of the place and they coached their guys up and Tech's defense played a lot better. But um, talking to Brian Estridge and in fact, we'll come right back with Brian Estridge. Um, and so don't go anywhere right here on the flagship podcast. 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Brian, um, when I look at the TCU offense, you said at the offensive line last year, it was a veteran group. All the starters were back, and mm-hmm. and they were, you know, they were a formidable group. They were able to protect Max Duggan against Iowa State. They give up seven sacks. How bad? How bad was it on the offensive line? That's seven sacks with three down linemen rushing for Iowa State. You know, so that's five on three, and and it was still happening. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it, that's not a good sign. Uh, again, though, I go back to, you know, improvement from week one to week two. That, that, that to me, has got to get better. It, it's a group that's athletic. Chip, it's one of those groups that, uh, you know, you look at what may happen in the future with them and you go, okay, this group's going to be really good. You're starting a, a redshirt freshman at right tackle and Andrew Coker, who they're really high on. That You know, everybody came in late on him, Florida and Georgia and Texas and Oklahoma, and TCU just happened to be in, on him early. He's out of Katy. Uh, Andrew Coker's going to be a good right tackle. He he wasn't great Saturday against uh, Iowa State. You got a sophomore at center, Esteban Avila. You know, a, a sophomore that uh, you know was rated a four-star player. Uh, he's he's out of South Grand Prairie, big-time program. He's he's going to be a really good center. A couple of bad snaps on Saturday. You know, a couple of missed assignments. Uh, Wes Harris at left guard's finally uh, finally healthy. He's a junior in college now. He hasn't been 100% healthy since the junior year in high school at Alito. Finally healthy. He's, he's going to be okay. Austin Myers left. Uh, again, though, you start looking at these guys and you say, okay, our right, future's going to be pretty good. But the problem is right now you got to win football games. And so they're going to have to be better. I think they'll be better. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I think you could also see some other guys playing. T.J. Storman at left tackle is a guy who transfers from Colorado State, got a lot of names, a lot of games under his belt. Uh, you know, he's a grad transfer or be a senior now. Uh, he's a transfer from Colorado State. He's a guy that could see some time this week. Coy McMillan is a guy who's played some snaps before. You know, his brother's there in Texas. I think you could see him up front. Some Colson Altman's a guy that they really like, uh, you know, who's a, a graduate transfer as well. So I, I think there's some players. Uh, but, boy, they that, that was the weakest link on the team on Saturday against Iowa State. You mentioned the running backs and um... – and of course, I think the running back that who didn't get in was Zach Evans. Texas fans, obviously, uh, Texas tried to recruit Zach Evans. He he went on one of the crazier odysseys in recruiting uh, history or recent history, shall we say? But super talented running back from Galena Park North Shore sounded like Gary on Monday was saying, "Look, he doesn't have all the stuff, the blitz pickup, all the other things that go." with being a complete back where is Zach Evans in in terms of his development Brian obviously in a pandemic shortened off season 
And, and I think some of that is to be expected. You know, sometimes you, you see these terrific athletes who played at really good programs, like you mentioned, come in. Well, what, what have they been asked to do? You know, was Zach Evans ever asked to pick up, a, uh, you know, a, a, a linebacker on blitz? Probably not, was he? You know, he, he, he probably not. He was, he was told, to, we're going to turn and we're going to hand you the football, run that way. And, and so I think that has been what he has had to work at. And I think that's what's delayed the development uh, of Zach. And I think that uh, I think you're going to see him, but, I, but they're not going to rush him. And, and really, there's no need to rush him. When you think about it, when, when Gary talked this week about the fact that he's got five of them, why rush the one guy who's not ready? Yeah, he's talented. Uh, yeah, and he's going to be a terrific player. And he was a five-star recruit and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, why risk it if, if he's not there? So I, I think you're going to see him start to come along slowly. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he plays Saturday. I, th- I think they want to get him some snaps and they want to see what he has. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think, he, you know, I, I think Frog fans are just like Texas fans. They want to know what he, what's this guy all about. And, and so I, I think you'll see him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you had, um, you know, Amari Demarcado, uh, Darwin Barlow and, and Kendry Miller all average a nice clip, yeah. um, in the carries that they got. And, and then, you know, you throw in Zach Evans should be interesting. Another guy who Texas fans are very familiar with is Quentin Johnston, a <laughs> kid who was committed to Texas and ends up going to TCU and gets in the, uh, gets in the end zone in his first college game. Um, what uh, on a 37-yard touchdown uh, reception? What what do you you know? Give us a breakdown of the TCU receivers. Who to watch? He's fast. He, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's really fast and he's really good. And I said at the time, you know, it was his first touchdown. He caught it from Matthew uh, Downing in the first half. It's not going to be his last. You can just tell that. I mean, this freshman out of Temple, complete package, big receiver, big target at 6'4". Six, four, six, four, you know, pretty. runs like a gazelle. I mean, he is he's phenomenal. He's fun to watch. Got, he did a nice job shaking off of a, a defender on a previous play. I mean, this is a guy, he caught two balls on Saturday, that one that you mentioned, the 37-yarder. Uh, the 13-yarder, the to me, was, it was even better. It showed a little toughness, did Quentin Johnson. So I, I think that he, you know, he, along with a, there's several other young guys, that you just look at and you go, okay, Savion Williams is a young player. Mikel Barkley is a sophomore out of Texarkana. Uh, these are these are real speedsters. Blair Conright is a freshman out of Lubbock. Uh, you, you know his mom, uh, Carolyn Thompson, who played at Tech. Carolyn Thompson Wainwright was a great basketball player there. Yep. Uh, you know, so you, and and then you're just loaded with juniors. You know, Tay Barber and Pro Wells are are juniors. Uh, Tavalence Hunt is a junior. Uh, this is this is an athletic receiving core. Uh, that that uh, I think may be the strength of this offense when it's said and done. And we're not even talking about J.D. Spillman from the, the transfer from Nebraska, you know, who, who didn't, I think, I, I don't think he got enough touches Saturday. Uh, you know, he, he did in the return game a little bit. But this, I mean, J.D. Spillman led Nebraska the last three years in receiving. You know, he, 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 was, he, he was on the cusp of being the all-time receiving leader in Lincoln if he would have stayed. Three-time All-Big Ten player. Uh, freshman All-American. Number three all time at Nebraska and receiving, and he caught two balls Saturday. You know, I, yeah, I yeah. think he's I, I think he's a guy that uh, you're going to see more of on Saturday as well. This Saturday against Texas. Well, um, Max Duggan, interesting, you know, story. Obviously, in the off season, from from what I was told, uh, when the Big Twelve implemented the baseline testing, heart testing, uh, EKG, echocardiogram, MRI on the heart to 
have a baseline so that if anyone gets COVID, they know what is happening to the heart. And apparently a heart defect that had previously gone undetected gets detected, which is the blessing in all of this. But I think as Gary said, Max missed about a month uh, away from action. And that's maybe why he waited until halftime to bring him in. But talk about Max Duggan, his development and, and just his off season. And you know, uh, you know the rules around TCU, Chip, that Gary doesn't like let freshmen talk. Doesn't matter if you're a starting quarterback or not. So no one had really had a conversation with Max Duggan until this week uh, when he has media responsibilities. And the sophomore out of Council Bluffs sounded like a 30-year-old. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he is, he's a mature, together leader. And, and, and I'm not just saying that because I'm doing the TCU games. I, I think you would like spending time with him. He is all about football. Uh, he spends a ton of time watching film. They have to kick him out of the, you know, he's a terrific student, but they got, they got to kick him out of the football room, you know, because he wants to keep watching film. Uh, this is a guy that is all in, uh, who uh, late in that game, you know, his hand was kind of cramping up. His hands were cramping up. That's how, you know, he just wasn't in game shape. You know, he hadn't been sprinting around and holding the football. It, it, there's just a different level to it. Uh, and, and, and wouldn't come out, didn't want to come out, still fighting through it, through a touchdown pass on the last play of the game. Uh, he, he's just, he's a fire. Uh, and, and I think Gary said it best this week when he said there were a lot of people, a lot of players would not have come back from what he did, but his, his parents are committed. Max Duggan's committed. He's got a clean bill of health. Uh, you're right. They did detect something that, uh, you know, apparently had been with him, uh, since birth that he maybe could have continued to play with, but it needed to be corrected. Uh, and now Max Duggan's going to be out there Saturday. He'll start Saturday against Texas. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, with all of that, after as Gary talked about being out and rusty and everything, completed 84% of his passes in the second half. You know, he had the one interception that went through the hands of Tay Barber, hit Tay Barber's knee, bounced up in the air, was picked off by Iowa State. You know, if that doesn't happen, he completes his last 12, you know, in a row. I mean, he just stepped right in. He went 16-19, 241 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, in the second half alone, he, he's, you know, who he, Chip, I told you this last year, and, and I know this is, um, it, this has got Austin ties to it. And I know for some people, this is going to be sacrilegious. You know who Max Duggan reminds me of? Do you remember who I told you? Cole? He reminds, no, he reminds me of Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yes. A little bit taller than Drew, but just the way he holds himself, you know, the way he carries himself, the way he throws the football, the way he is with his team, he reminds me of Drew. Now, if you ask, ask uh, Max, and I did this week, I said, who do you try to emulate? He said, Russell Wilson. I said, not bad. Uh, but I said, hey, how about Drew Brees? That's who you remind me of. He said, I'll take it. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just who he kind of reminds me of. Well, in, he moves better than Drew. He does. He runs better than Drew. But, you know, you think about Drew. We, we think about Drew today. Think about Drew younger and how right. he, you know, how he slid around in the pocket and would tuck it sometimes. Well, Max Duggan's signature moment came against Texas last year. Yeah. I mean, he threw for a couple touchdowns. He ran. He was, I think he was the leading rusher in that game. Mm -hmm. and, and he led his team to victory. T Texas had a touchdown lead in the third quarter. Duggan, you know, leads them to a 37-27 come-from-behind win. So this is a team that he has some confidence going against. He had a good experience against Texas. Yeah, I mean, he was the, what was he, the Davey O'Brien quarterback of the week. 
uh, in that game. I mean, that, that tells you where, where he stood nationally. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy that gets up for big games. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's played well against Iowa State. He's from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, and he played huge in that game against uh, against Texas. So I don't I don't think the stage is too big for him. It wasn't too big for him as a freshman last year. I don't I don't think it'll be too big for him uh, this year. I, I I think he's anxious to be able to play a complete game. And I I'll be honest with you. I think this team will be totally different with him out there. No, no, and that's not a slam on Matthew Downing, who uh, proved that he is a very capable player at quarterback in that first half. Now, it, it, but I just think it will be different, and I think their response will be different when Max on the field. Yeah, I mean, the leadership for TCU, uh, obviously, on defense, it's solidified. You've got Garrett Wallow. You've got Trevon Mooring. On offense, is it Duggan? I mean, you, like you said, you've got a lot of new faces on the offensive line. Only three starters back, I think, on offense. And Max Duggan's one of them. Is Max the leader as a sophomore? Oh, I think so. When you look at this offensive group, I think that uh, he, he is by far the – I think he and Tay Barber. Uh, the uh, junior wideout are, are, are two leaders along this offensive unit. And that may be the one area they're so young on offense that you wonder, okay, do they need a senior who can step up and be that vocal leader? Uh, you know, Dylan Thomas is a, is a senior wide receiver who's a really intelligent player who went to Fort Worth Pascal just, you know, 0.7 miles away from campus. But, but I think you got to have a guy like Max. And I, I think this team's ready for Max to be the leader, even though he is a sophomore. And like I said earlier, when you talk to him, I mean, it's like talking to a 30 year old. So, I mean, this, this is, this is not a, this is not a punk kid. This is a mature adult who can handle that role. Who, who were the leaders on offense last year? Uh, you know, you're gonna put me on the spot here. I gotta, I, I gotta think about it. Cause you had offensive linemen that really stood up. That's, uh, that's what know, I figured. Lucas Niang especially was a guy. And then when he went down, remember how this offense struggled. And so I, I think that's that's kind of what this team is missing and, and has been missing. Uh, you had two uh, senior uh, running backs in Shaywell and Lonalua and Darius Anderson, you know, who were leaders. And, and then you had Jalen Rager at Whiteout, uh, who, was, who was very vocal. I, I think I told you guys this when we talked prior to the start of the season. And, and I don't want to get in trouble for saying this. I don't mean this in, in, in any way other than what I'm saying. It, it, I'm just telling you the truth. Right. This wide receiving core as a group, at the end of the year, when all things are done, you're going to look at the numbers and you're going to look at the teamwork, the camaraderie, and you're going to say, this wide receiving core was better than last year's that had that dry, high draft pick in Jalen Rake. Wow. This will be a better receiving core for TC when it's all said and done. Well, we won't, uh, we won't keep you much longer. Brian Estridge, voice of the uh, TCU Horn Frogs, and, of course, longtime morning show radio voice in DFW on WBAP. Um, special teams, uh, give, us, uh, give us a couple of keys um, or, you know, yeah. how's the special I, teams look? I don't, I don't know if we know. I, I, I don't think we saw enough. I think J.D. Spillman's going to be excellent in returns. I, I do know that. I mean, he's got a terrific history there at Nebraska, and, it, you know, you could just tell that he's comfortable. Yeah, remember the lost art of planting your heels on the 10 and not going backwards, letting the ball hit and rolling in the end zone? Well, for some reason, people forgot to do that, you know. Well, J.D. Spillman did it Saturday, and I, and I, pl- I almost stood up and applauded uh, because you're thinking, hey, there's that. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of watching guys fair catch it at the two. Oh. And J.D. Spillman doesn't do – you know, he he lets it hit and roll into the end zone, and it was a good decision uh, two times. J.D. Spillman's a guy who I think is going to be special uh, at, at returner for TCU. Jordy Sandy, 
Uh, serviceable, obviously, at punter, averaged 39.7 Saturday. Did have a 59-yarder. Uh, pinned uh, Iowa State deep once, but no one really returned uh, anything on him. In fact, he didn't have a return against him. Uh, Griffin Kell missed a long field goal attempt, 49-yarder versus uh, Iowa State. that was partially blocked. So, you know, that, that's that got to get better. But the kickoffs were solid. They were into the end zone. I mean, you, I think you had one special teams tackle uh, against Iowa State. So I, I, I don't think we know yet about special teams for TCU. I know they're fast, uh, and that's about all I do know. Well, both Texas and TCU, I think, had 10 penalties in their game. Yeah, right. And, and seven on Texas were on the offensive line. Well, and, and TCU was about the same. Uh, and then you throw into the mix of seven sacks that TCU's offensive line gave up. Uh, and if you had to circle the one, like I said earlier, you had to circle the one week link, you'd have to point to that offensive line for TCU that's got to be better this week because they know what they're up against in Texas. Well, uh, Brian, how do you think this one plays out? Obviously, I saw this stat where TCU is one in six in one possession games dating to last year. And those one possession games included a. Uh, what a three-point loss at Oklahoma. Yep, um, and, and and we know how good uh, Texas has been under Tom Herman in one possession games, right? Yeah, so uh, pretty good record. And and TCU always holds Texas below their scoring average. So yeah. how do you think this thing plays out? I, I think that's what it's. I think it's a low-scoring ball game. I, and, and when I say low-scoring, I think this is a twenty-four-twenty-two kind of game. Uh, and I think he, either one of them can come away with the victory, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a low-scoring, sort of a dogfight, if you will. You know, I think it'll be a physical game. I know this TF, defense, TCU defense has really been challenged this week, and, and giving up the thirty-seven to Iowa State hurt them, and I don't think they're going to let that happen again on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's, it's going to come down to if Texas's defense can really disrupt. Mm-hmm. The, the TCU offense, get past that offensive line like Iowa State did, like Jaquan Bailey, who had three and a half of those seven sacks for Iowa State. But, you know, I expect TCU's defense to be stingy, stingy. Um, do, you give the, do you give the Horned Frogs a chance to upset Texas, oh, yeah. or are they not quite ready for that yet? I, no, I think so. I mean, you look at Gary Patterson, like you talked about at the beginning. I mean, Gary Patterson's history against uh, uh, Tom Herman in Texas. I mean, he, he's had success. They're going to go into, their, uh, into that game confident. Uh, you know me, I'm not a betting man. I'm saying that about you, Chip. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, I, I would take the under in this one. I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, and the, I think the line opened at 13, Texas by 13. I'd certainly take TCU and the points on that. Um, Brian, anything else that you think is important for, for Texas fans or fans of college football to know no, about this Texas-TCU? I, I, I would tell you this. Um, I, I would keep an eye on TCU's tight ends. Um, it, you know, I, I think they're going to have more influence now that Jerry Kill, the former head coach at Minnesota, is on the staff. I think they'll have more influence than they have in years past. Uh, Artavius Lynn caught a touchdown uh, against Iowa State. You know, Pro Wells are playing in the slot, but he's really a a, a tight end. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on those guys. Okay, there you go. That's why we have you on the flagship podcast, because you know all the good stuff, my friend. Big thanks to Brian Estrich. And big thanks to everyone for listening in on the flagship podcast, previewing Texas and TCU. Uh, Until next time, for Brian Estrich, I am Chip Brown. Stay safe and keep the faith, folks.